Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to today's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Man, we are so thrilled to be with you and that you are with us. And uh, every single episode here at the Church Leadership Podcast, we strive, we aim to encourage and equip you local leaders in the church to be disciples and who make disciples. And that's what today's conversation is going to be about. And uh, we really are excited about today's conversation. A good friend of ours is back on the podcast. Before we get to that, though, I want to remind you to go and subscribe to our podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit that little bell so you'll be notified. If you're listening on your favorite podcast listening app, um, probably probably better that you do that because we have faces you know, made for audio, not video. But <laughs> Hit subscribe um, on your on your favorite app. We're everywhere, and we want you to make sure that you catch every episode. We don't want you to miss a single conversation uh, because the whole point of this podcast is we have these conversations with people, and uh, we've been having them for years, and we thought we want people to be encouraged and equipped by these conversations, so we want you to do that as well. So here's today's conversation. Yeah, we know today's conversation is going to be encouraging and you will be equipped because we've had uh, the guest we have with us today on before. You can go all the way back to episode 33 That's and right. find a, the first conversation on the Church Leadership Podcast we had with Craig Etheridge. Uh, Craig serves as pastor there at First Baptist Church, Colleyville, Texas. He's also the, the leader, founder of uh, a Disciple First, a great ministry that we've benefited from yep. that helps pastors uh, and equips churches and leaders. So Craig, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast with us this week. Hey guys, it's always great to be with you. So what a, what a joy. Thank you. Well, it, the joy is ours for sure. And we're excited to talk about something and we'll talk about probably all kinds of stuff, but um, you know, your, your most recent book, Disciple Making Leader, uh, you do a fantastic job of laying out what a disciple making leader looks like, how to how to how to create and how to, um, you know, really produce some of those disciple making leaders and get somebody who's not necessarily uh, a leader or who's not necessarily a disciple making leader and getting them to that. So take a little bit of time to explain what a disciple making leader is, what, what he looks like, she looks like, and um, and we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, I may just kind of back up and say, you know, what caused me to write write this book. Um, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a pastor, so I'm I'm in the trenches uh, every day. This is not uh, ivory tower kind of stuff. And so, what I notice is that uh, there are some guys that we bring on the team, and they, you know, they're disciple making. They they just do it innately. They're investing in other people. I, I look around them and they've raised up more leaders around them. They seem to aggregate uh, new leaders and their ministry multiplies. And then I've noticed other guys that didn't do that at all. And they were, they were really good. They were very gifted and I'm not saying that uh, love Jesus, but they didn't seem to multiply their ministry at all. And I began to wonder, you know, what, what's the difference here? Why, you know, why, why are some seem to be multiplying and others not? And I think that's what really uh, forced me to kind of lean in on this disciple making leader, because that's really what we're looking for, not just the mm. superstar leader. In fact, I kind of, I kind of contrast those two, right? The superstar 
we know what we know what a superstar is you know it's the kevin durant you know of your team you know it's it's the you know it's the micah parsons you know, i'm a cowboy fan so you know of your team you know you got you you've got the guy that's just really good you know and they're charismatic and they're talented and people like them and they seem to have that something you know that it you know that that special sauce that that makes them really attractive and good and their ministries flourish but the problem is they don't really ever bring anybody up around them you know because it's like well i can't i've actually had guys tell me i can't teach somebody else to do what only i can do i mean i've had them tell me that straight up and i'm like okay well you know, maybe then it's not very transferable what you're doing. You know, it's great for the moment, but once you leave or once you stop being that great, then everything fails. And so if you build your whole ministry around superstars, um, the minute that superstar goes on to the next biggest church or to the next thing, or they have a moral failure, or they just don't like the job anymore, or whatever the case may be, everything starts to crumble around them. So it's good when it's good, but it quickly turns bad. Uh, and I, and I, I say that because I've, I've hooked my wagon to lots of superstars in the past and they're, they're hard to refuse. You know I mean? If you can hire one of them, you're like, Oh man, if we could just land that student pastor or that worship guy or that kid's person or that, whatever, uh, then that will, re- they'll really move us forward. And they may for a period of time, but it's not sustainable long-term. Does that make sense? Absolutely. We've seen that over and over and over. Yes. And a lot of people think the exact same thing that you just said, Craig, they think if they hire the right person to come in, it's going to solve all the problems. It's not about hiring the right person. It's about equipping people to be the right kind of leaders. And uh, yeah, and I think that's the, that's the, the shift, right. And even with pastors, you know, churches will go, man, if we could get that guy, you know, he would really take us forward. And that, that may or may not be true, but I, I think that I, out of that frustration, uh, I've said, okay, what kind of leader are we really looking for? And why is this so important? Mm-hmm. And how is this different than the superstar leader? And uh, so basically what, I, what I've said is we're looking for is a disciple-making leader. Yeah. And so when you look at a definition of a disciple-making leader, what I really mean is someone who leads out of the overflow of their own walk with God. So they're, they're, they're leading, you know, not just out of their talent, but out of the, a genuine walk with the Lord. Uh, secondly, they're they're investing intentionally in other people, okay? And through that investment, they multiply leaders around them that ultimately multiplies the church. Uh, the fact is you cannot grow a church without growing leaders. I mean, it takes leaders and lots of them you can't start new groups without a group leader. You can't start a new service without more leaders. I mean, anything that you want to multiply, it takes leaders. And um, what we need are leaders that multiply leaders. That's what we need. We need we need them if they leave, man, they've left you with here are all these leaders I've aggregated and developed and cultivated that can continue to move the ministry forward. And um, so think about Jesus, okay? If anybody was going to be a superstar, it would be him, right? the ultimate superstar leader. And yet he did not uh, move the movement forward strictly on his own personality or his own ability. He gathered around him. uh, We see Jesus 46 times. He is working and developing his leaders 17 times. He's with the crowd. So four times as much 
effort into developing leaders around him. And you look at the high priestly prayer. Jesus said, I've accomplished, Father, I've glorified you by accomplishing the task you sent me to do. So he is, he's multiplied the leaders and now he's going to go to the cross resurrection and empower those leaders with the Holy spirit to do what, to multiply more leaders. Um, think about the apostle Paul, you know, I just recently was reading through second Timothy and at the very end of second Timothy, he said, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. You know, those great challenging words, uh, the time of my departure has come. I'm even now being poured out like a drink offering, uh, even even later in that chapter, he says, you know, I, I, only the Lord was with me in my last defense. No one else was with me. But in his final moments, in his last words, the Apostle Paul lists 17 names. Yep. Two of those names were not good, right? Demas, who loved the world and left him. And then, of course, Alexander, the metal worker coppersmith that that did him harm that opposed him he warned timothy stay away from that guy but the rest of the 15 names are just names of his people Mm -hmm. and some of them we know he mentions mark there he mentions luke there he mentions titus but then he mentions just a whole lot of people that we can't hardly pronounce much less (laughs) right and to us they're kind of names on a page or faceless names on a page but but to Paul, they were his guys. I mean, he invested in them. And I believe that's why Paul said, man, I can go. It, it's time for me to go. It's t- my departure is ready. It's like he's getting on a plane. You know, I, I, it's time for me to depart and leave this world. But he's not wringing his hands like, what, what's the world going to do without me? Because he's trained up all of these people that are now spread around the world. And um, so I think about that. We need leaders like that. You know, we need leaders that are raising up people around them, aggregating leaders around them, and that's a different kind of leader. And so uh, that's why I'm kind of contrasting the superstar that does it all in their own ability, but doesn't really raise up anybody around them. And then you have this disciple-making leader that's invest walking with God, investing and raising up multiple leaders. And I, I believe in this time in our history of the church, especially in, uh, in North America, we got to have more of those kinds of leaders. Craig, we know that's not something you just preach about or believe in, but that's something you do. And uh, we're not here as a commercial for your book today, the disciple making leader, but I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. Uh, when, when we have people who are uh, just fantastic leaders or, or, or great pastors or, or have influence in evangelical Christianity in the church and have written books. Uh, it's, it's neat to get to hear their heart why they've written books, but we know this book was written out of experience and practice and, and uh, failure and success. So tell us, how, <laughs> tell us a little bit about how this applies maybe a little bit maybe it's some, a story or something in your context how you have found uh investing in these kind of leaders has paid off for you guys there yeah that's a great example i'll, I'll give you two of them um uh, we had a, a worship pastor that i dearly love he's a great friend and uh, we missed her together for five years and he he back last year, and this is a very current example. Uh, he was saying, you know, Craig, I think God's moving me to a different ministry. 
Uh, it was not even in worship ministry is something different. And, uh, you know, I'd seen him in that context. I mean, I've been with him. We've, we've been out hunting and fishing quite a bit and, you know, we kind of, we love crawling around the woods together. And, um, and I thought, you know, that's, you know, I, I affirm that I, I see God's hand and all that. And, but he said, you know, I've got this young guy that I've been investing in and training. And so he just started having this guy on his hip, just investing him, discipling him, raising him up, preparing him. This guy would co-lead with him, you know, multiple Sundays. And, um, and then when it was time for our worship leader to step off, you know, this young guy just stepped right in and I'm telling you, it's been seamless. Mm. It has been seamless and, and people already know he, this younger leader. I mean, he's young uh, for this role. It's he's super young, but we're investing in him. We're training him. Uh, but, but just seeing, you know, the next man up type of leadership uh, is, is, is what we need. And we need, we need that all around, all around us. You know, now we're training him to do the same thing. Who are the guys under him that he's aggregating and developing and so uh, I just see what a contrast, right, to the guy that's a superstar leader that doesn't raise up anybody. And now you're off having to post jobs on a job board somewhere, or you're getting you're getting on Indeed or you know wherever you go to. Or you're calling your buddies, trying to who you got, you know that kind of thing. And you don't know if they're going to be a good fit for you. But to have that pipeline of leaders kind of already there. Um, I think that's really important. I've got another young leader named Cameron, same thing. You know, we, we brought him on as an intern. We started investing in him. We, he, he continues to move up the pipeline. He's now a divisional leader. He's, he's going through some really challenging things church-wise and he's just handling it fantastic. And, and we're just investing, investing, investing in him. And now he's learning to aggregate leaders underneath him. And, you know, he's in his late twenties. And so I think that, that's the kind of thing that we see when we do that. We need more of that, you know? That's right. And, um, so, so let me ask this because, you know, <laughs> as pastors and leaders, we we're you know, typically we want that, but we want the shortcut. Right. <laughs> and so we're like, yeah, I want that. Is there a way I can get it tomorrow yeah. or today? And so that's, I think that's where we get that superstar temptation from is we yeah, think, yeah. well, yeah, that's just the easy way I can, it's quicker. And man, we can produce, you know, whatever number, whatever. And so I, I want us to talk a little bit about that process. So maybe some um, some pitfalls in taking that shortcut, but really, how do we not give into that temptation? And how do we develop those leaders that God has already given us? Right. We need to invest in like you're talking about. Yeah. You know, honestly, disciple making is not the quick fix, uh, silver bullet, you know, a lot of guys, they're like, Hey, my, my attendance is down. I'm 60%, uh, post COVID, um, you know, whatever, whatever your number is. Um, I need to get this thing going. I need to get this thing moving again. And so they think, Oh, well, let's, let's grab this book and maybe this will turn me around in, in, in 60 days, you know, and, right. and and this is this is not it. This is I mean, this is not the short term fix. And here's the problem. Uh, you don't even really need uh, a quick fix. OK, because quick fixes spike and then drop. And um, many times they leave you you know, disappointed long term. We need to have a long term view. You know, in, in my ministry, I've only pastored two churches as a senior pastor. And I've been in ministry over 25 years. 
And uh, the reason why I say that is I've just always felt like I, I need to take the long view and what not what can I do in the next year, but what can I build in the next decade? And, and what can I develop long term? And so I think as a pastor, you have to think that and not panic and run for the next shiny object, but wow. to say, OK, what can I do to start slowly working and building and developing leaders where I am? How can I attract people like that? How can I develop them? How can I multiply them? That really is the work. And, you know, I was talking with a guy not too long ago. He said, well, Craig, I just kind of preach and and visit you know, in the hospital. And that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what I do. And I'm like, man, you're, you know, you're missing the whole point of multiplying leaders. You know, my goal is when we leave our church that I, 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 I'm leaving behind 150 or so trained leaders behind me. I mean, the best gift I could give the church that I'm serving now is say, here's, here's 150 leaders that we've trained, Take your pick, you know, I mean, how great would that be? You know, uh, instead of, oh my gosh, we hooked to our superstar. Now he's gone. Nobody can follow him. And we don't really, we don't have any leaders really to draw from. And so I think we have to resist that, that like I said, the shiny object of the superstar and start saying, okay, what do, what do I need to do to develop? And, and so let me just make that a little bit more clear because you're like, okay, so what does that mean? I still need a youth pastor, you know, <laughs> you know, I still need, I got this hole, right? What, what I, how do I do to fill, what do I do to fill it? Um, I think um, the optimal would be that you raise up people within. Okay. Now you may not be prepared for that because you've not, you've not filled your pipeline, which is most people are like that. All right. Most churches are like that. I don't have this. So I have to go outside. Um, if you're forced to go outside, um, out when I mean outside your church to draw right. some, uh, I would look for someone who has a disciple making DNA. I would look for somebody that they've raised up leaders in their current ministry They've raised up leaders before. They know what that looks like. They, I would ask those questions in an interview. Okay, tell me about the leaders that you develop. How many leaders have you developed? How do you develop leaders? How many do you have? What did you start with? What did you end with? I would spend a lot of time on that because if they've done it there, it's a good chance they're going to do it where you are. Uh, and I would set the expectation that I'm not just calling you here to do this job. I'm calling you here to develop leaders around you. And uh, so I would, I would definitely do that if I have to hire from the outside. Once I get them in, I would personally be developing this youth pastor, this worship guy, whoever they are. I would start discipling them, and I would make sure that they're multiplying and discipling other leaders. So uh, make sure you've got a clear pathway, spiritual growth pathway. We might want to dive into that if you want, but make sure you have that. And then I would also say, okay, how are you developing leaders? How are you raising up leaders within your pipeline? And I would make that a metric uh, by which their ministry is evaluated. Hmm. Uh, not just how many kids you had on the weekend or on Wednesday, but how many leaders are you developing? And I would help them to, to learn how to develop leaders around them. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think, uh, just practically speaking, that's what I would do because when he leaves or she leaves or you know, whatever role they've got that you want to be sure you've got a pipeline of leaders that has been trained behind them. That is so true. You know, we, we talk about, we're, we're a normative sized church, right? We're a normal sized church. We're not large, but you know, the last two staff gatherings we've had, we've talked about, you know, 
my expectation as senior leader here for you is that you develop leaders. That is your job description, period. And, uh, you know, our, our other leaders do the ministry. Your job is to develop those leaders. And, you know, look, I know I'm, 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 I'm fortunate. I'm blessed. We have a staff opening right now. But once we fill that opening, every single member of our staff team is going to be hired from within, every one of them. And, uh, and it makes such a difference. We've talked about that, Andy, on this podcast mm-hmm. before. And so I just want to absolutely um, amen, confirm, high five, Craig, on that, that whole idea. It is so much uh, smoother, beautiful, richer, deeper, whatever you want to say when, when you develop those leaders within. Yeah. yeah, let me just let me just jump in here and say, because I'm trying to put myself in the person that's listening to this right now. And they're saying, well, that's great that you've got all these internal leaders. Wish I had them. Right. Yep. You know, I wish I had a bunch of, you know, Craig, you're probably sitting on top of all these leaders just waiting to be developed. And uh, and I, I'm I'm trying to find somebody that'll just teach a Sunday school class or I can't get people to show up on Wednesday night, much less have leaders I can move on staff. Um, and, and, you know, to some degree, I get that. I understand that. Um, so I think there are two ways that you can begin to develop a pipeline. Okay. So this is not in the book. This is just us sitting around talking. Okay. Um, and this is some of where my mind is going right now. So one of the things you can do is you can attract young leaders to you. Uh, through either an internship in the summer or a residency. We're developing residency. We're launching in 23 where we're going to attract residents for a year, but you, but that can be costly. Uh, but you can do the same type of thing in short run with an, with an internship. You can go fish in, in you know, universities that are maybe close to you, people that you know they're close to you and say hey we're we're going to hire on a couple of interns for the summer and then when you develop when you have those young leaders there you disciple them during the summer right yeah. well then you might get them the next summer but then th- then you're starting to kind of develop a little catalog of leaders that you've already begun to develop that when your next hire comes open you're not just posting on indeed you're going to your list of people you've already developed right so that's, that's, that's one idea. A second idea is to really look at who God has put in your student ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, think about Timothy, you know, Timothy was a young guy, but when Paul came asking, who do you, who do you have? They said, well, we got this young guy, Timothy, we were thinking God's got his hand on. And um, instead of just, this is one thing, again, we're, we're in the process of thinking about right now, instead of hoping that these teenager, this teenager that's walking with God and growing hoping that someday they'll come to you and say, Hey, I think I'm thinking about ministry. It may be okay for you to tap them on the shoulder and say, you know, I just want you to pray about something. I, I see your character. I see God using you. Have you considered that maybe God may be calling you to ministry? And if so, bring them on as an intern, you know, just think if you did that for several summers, you had a couple of interns run around that you're developing and discipling, they go back to school. But now you've got this, you're trying to develop this catalog of emerging leaders that then when you do have that youth position open or whatever, you can go attract them 
uh, and then they can help you develop more interns and you, people coming through your student ministry. And then now you've got that you're doing that for students. Now you're doing that for youth, now, uh, kids. Now you're doing that for worship. Now you're doing that for these other ministries. Now you've got all these guys attracting interns, aggregating these leaders. Now you've got actually five years from now, you've got a, a pretty deep bench, so to speak, of leaders that you can flow into your church ministry. And then maybe you, maybe you, you can, you can get one on staff and now you've got two guys doing it. And now, now you're, you're starting to develop that pipeline. So that, again, that's not in the book necessarily. Um, but I think you have to start thinking, I have to aggregate leaders and if you're like, well, I got older people in my church, these guys aren't going to walk away from their jobs to do this, then you're going to have to start aggregating these younger emerging leaders. And I think that is, that's a strategy that is well, uh, that will pay itself in dividends if you, if you really give attention to it. Greg, you mentioned something earlier, uh, make sure what you're doing is transferable, you know, not, not depending on a superstar to do something and, and everything rides on, on their success and you struggle if they fail kind of a thing. But what you're talking about, listen, it is transferable across all kinds of church sizes. I mean, if you have a large church with multi-level staff, if you have a, a normative size church and you have you know, part-time or even uh, lay volunteers as key leaders in your church. This, this, I mean, this applies to every size yeah. and stage of a church. And what you're talking about also works, not just building people from within your church to help your church, but you can build people up and send them out to help other churches right. and send them and commission them to do, to be uh, missionaries on the mission field or to help uh, church planners or revitalization. So this is, this is great stuff that you're talking about here. This has got big kingdom implications, not just helping a local church. Yeah, that's right. In fact, as we, as we speak right now, I have uh, 17 church, uh, church planters on our campus. I'm actually going to leave here and go right into the meeting where we're training them. Mm-hmm. And they're in West Africa, they're in Europe, they're in, you know, in Canada, they're, uh, in New York City and Israel, we've got church plants all over, and these guys are here. And what what are we doing? We're training them on Jesus style disciple making and multiplying leaders around them. And some of them, you know, they've only got forty in their church, you know, right now, or they've got they got a hundred, or you know, they. I mean, it's not like these are massive uh, churches, but these principles apply in every context, whether you're an established church or a church plant. And I I just think it's um, this is going to sound harsh, uh, but I think it's pastoral mouth practice mm. to just sit there and say, I'm going to, I'm going to be the pastor here and I'm going to preach my sermons and, and I'm just going to ride this thing out as long as I can until I leave. And then it's up to them. I, I just think you're doing a disservice to, to the church you serve uh, and you're never going to multiply, you know, but, but what if you were to raise up leaders like this? maybe your church could actually plant another church. And you may say, well, man, our church only runs 150. Hey, there are multiple church plants that are multiplying other churches and they don't, they never get above 150. Right. That's right. It, It is not an issue of how many attend on the weekend. It is a mindset that says we want to multiply our church and raise up pastors and leaders. And anybody can do that. Uh, if you just have a heart to do it, you can do it. 
And really this book gives you a little bit of insight into, you know, the pathway, the pipeline, how that works, but also the whole back half of the book is what did Jesus do at every level? What did he train them in at every level of leadership? And so it gets back to Jesus. What did he think was important? What did he do at every stage? That's awesome. And I think, you know, normally we say, hey, what can you say to encourage? But we just did. <laughs> um, I think all of it. Yeah, yeah, all of it. But specifically, you know, that 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 message of how can you start, that that's exactly what I think. Um, all of us need to hear. And I know that those watching and listening have been encouraging to quit. We're going to, we're going to put a link in our show notes and in the description in the YouTube um, to, to your book. Uh, again, this is not meant to be a commercial, but we highly endorse it. You know, we've, we've lived it, we've experienced it, we've read it um, and we've heard from you multiple times on it. And, and uh, Craig, we just want to say thank you again for spending just a few minutes with us. You bet. Thank you, guys. And uh, I just want to say to everyone that's listening today, hey, don't sell yourself short. You know, God wants to multiply your life. And the real joy in ministry is multiplication, right? My my youngest daughter just had a, her first child, so I've got a first grandbaby. Right? That's a whole different level. And, uh, and I'm just saying the joy is in the multiplication. Mm. And the same is true spiritually. At the end of your life, you're not going to sit around and go, man, that one Easter, we had record-breaking attendance, okay? You're not going to think about that, but you'll be like the Apostle Paul. What will be on your mind in your last days, last moments, will be the people that you invested your life in, and so I encourage you, disciple people within your church, raise up, and, and, and ask God to give you creative, innovative ways to attract and raise up the next generation of leaders, and if you do that, uh, God will bless it. And he'll, it's like the fish and loaves. He'll take what you have and he'll break it and multiply it uh, for his glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Craig. Uh, we, we always appreciate the time we have with you. I know I'll probably see you at the barber sometime soon. And, All right, man. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's our goal to encourage and equip leaders in the local church to be disciples and make disciples. And we know that has been accomplished in our time together today. And uh, we always enjoy our time with you. And we look forward to doing it again soon. So thank you again for joining us this week. Hey, thank you guys. God bless. And for the rest of you, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. 